Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Hit and run. Sundays, 9 a.m. to noon. White Sox have had a complete game this season from Dylan Cease. One from Lance Lynn. And, of course, the no-hitter from Carlos Rodon in April. Chance for Giolito to join that group in his first outing of the year against one of the league's top teams. Well, 2 2 delivery on the way to Graham. Popped up. Garcia and Abreu over. Garcia's got it. And a sparkling, sterling gem of a performance in a complete game by Lucas Giolito against the league's number one offense. A 10 to 1 statement win for Chicago. We're not the hunter. We're, we're hunting wins. We're going to go out there every year. We're going to hunt wins. If the other team is hunting wins too, that's great. It's supposed to be, but we're not We're not defending anything. We're aggressively offending, trying to get wins. It's time for Hit and Run with your host, Matt Spiegel. Oh, good morning on a glorious July Sunday, baseball humans. Hope you're good. Shout-outs to the grass-cutting people. Already heard from one of you, we're huge with lawn care folks, both professionals and amateurs. You know, the professionals usually not working on the Sunday, but sometimes, but those amateur lawn care folks, man, whoo! And the Erinders were big with the Home Run Depot errand runners, grocery store shoppers with the earbuds in. Man, these are our people. Hope everyone is doing well. I'm doing great. We are guest heavy in the final hour of our three-hour show. At 11 o'clock, we're going to talk to Clayton Richard, which is kind of cool because there are Cubs ties and White Sox ties with Clayton Richard, as well as a really interesting baseball um, career and life. And he's back actually coaching high school in his hometown in uh, in Indiana. So very much looking forward to talking to Clayton Richard at 11 o'clock. Then at 11.30, Andy McCullough from The Athletic wrote a really long, thorough, thoughtful, nuanced piece on Tony La Russa. And yes, the first place White Sox with their eight-game cushion bound for the postseason. And uh, Tony has done a lot of good things. Since a lot of bumpy things at the beginning, there's been a lot of good things. And overall, that deserves some appraisal. So we may do some before we get to Andy McCullough at 1130, but we'll certainly do it then. But in the meantime, these first couple hours are loaded up for you and for me. And I mean loaded up in terms of topics and things to talk about. And also phone lines and text lines wide open at 312-644-6767. That's the number that you can text. And our text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. And you can also call that number to talk about the White Sox and to talk about the Cubs, and to talk about anything you want regarding MLB. We are in the middle of July as we broadcast to you live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Sean Anderson is producing as usual, and we're going to have an interesting day because it is an interesting moment right here in the middle of July. The Cubs have made their first trade of the month. Yesterday, we got word that the White Sox would have made their first trade a couple of weeks ago, but Eduardo Escobar got hurt. So that trade fell through. That was really interesting, by the way. Uh, Bob Nightingale on Inside the Clubhouse yesterday with Bruce and David. And uh, he said that Escobar would have been here, but he got hurt. And then the pitcher, the reliever, 
that the White Sox were going to give up needed a cortisone shot. So then the whole thing had kind of fallen apart. But he stressed that that would have been and still would be the cheapest White Sox acquisition, which makes sense. And all of that kind of dovetails with Nightingale's assurance that Escobar was going to be a White Sox um, player, but it did not happen. Sean, did a Sox Twitter, White Sox Twitter, get out there and figure out who that pitcher is who needed the cortisone shot? I think they have narrowed it down to either Jace Fry or Matt Foster. Well, wow, that's interesting because both of those guys are now in Charlotte. Matt Foster with a 6.15 ERA so far on the year gets bumped down to Charlotte the other day when Reynaldo Lopez comes up to fill a bullpen role in a really intriguing move, especially to me because he's been starting all year in Charlotte. So you're going to ask him to convert to relief right now, right here on the fly in the bigs is a fascinating thing. Um, and Jace Fry also sent down to uh, Charlotte because Aaron Bummer is here. So interesting. Maybe it was one of those guys. Uh, maybe not. Either way, I don't know that the White Sox will be making a trade of consequence between now and the end of the month. And we can certainly talk about it. I've talked about it plenty. But in addition to Eloy Jimenez being on the comeback trail, as we know, playing left field in Charlotte again yesterday, La Pantera, Luis Robert, has started his path, took live batting practice in Arizona, did some basic outfield work. They're going to take their time on this one with that hip flexor injury. Maybe mid-August is realistic, but boy, reinforcements coming if you allow yourself to think about that. Um, but anyway, this, this is that time, this is that month, that moment when the storylines off the field tend to supersede the games themselves. We'll talk about the games, but, you know, the storylines tend to supersede, and for different reasons. For one, it's hard to imagine the Cubs making a charge and coming back this month, Um, and also Jock Peterson being dealt kind of shows you exactly what they're going to do if you didn't know for sure. Um, And then the White Sox lead is so good and so big and so secure that they can think about October and roster perfection and what to do between now and the end of the month in that regard. I saw a ranking today on MLB.com of the eight most interesting playoff races, and that's all the divisions and the wild cards. So three divisions and a wild card in each league, that equals eight. I know you were told there'd be no math on a Sunday morning, just a little bit. So eight playoff races. Uh, The National League West was number one, understandably so. The Giants, the Dodgers, the Padres, Might they tweak their rosters in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, the Giants might. And I've been talking about the Giants and Chris Bryant for a while. I think Nightingale brought them up yesterday as well. Um, I've done two radio hits in San Francisco over the last three weeks to be asked about Cubs trade targets, Bryant, Kimbrell, and others. So anyway, of the eight races that were ranked on MLB.com, the eighth most interesting playoff race. This is the American League Central because <laughs> the White Sox are eight games up. And yes, Shane Bieber is coming back at some point and the Tigers do exist and continue to play games at a decent level. But boy, it's hard to imagine the White Sox not winning this division. The magic number is being counted already. Where's the magic number these days? In the 60s, I do believe. Have fun counting that one down over the next uh, few months. So anyway, the storyline magic number 66, 66 right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. You, you let me know when that gets into the uh, the the double digits, I, I guess the 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 tens, the 20s. I'm still not interested in the magic number in the tens. OK, maybe. But they'll get there. But so anyway, su- storylines tend to supersede. But let's go to the games for a moment, shall we? Thirty four thousand people, a couple of nights in a row for the White Sox. You got exact attendance for me last night. That looked awesome on TV. Looked absolutely awesome with Adam Amin and A.J. Przinsky on the national broadcast. Appropriately filled is that ballpark for a team this good after a five-year rebuild that has brought you here to being in a place where Tim Anderson's proclamation of effort, we're we're the best team in the American League, still feels possible especially on a a morning after you finally beat up on the Astros by the score of 10 to one. 
but a nice packed house down there for a very good team. And that's got to be one of the most satisfying White Sox wins of the year for White Sox fans. Lucas Giolito had the excellent start to finish the first half. I talked about it a bunch last week. And because we had talked about the start before that a bunch about how he knows he can't throw fastballs and changeups right over the middle anymore. And he and Ethan Katz have had a plan all year long. They knew this was coming with sticky stuff and, you know, just with the uh, overall need to adjust. And I I think Giolito is there now and not just with stuff, but with mindset. Mindset is a big, big deal to him. He has talked about the conviction it takes to throw the right pitch at the right moment and how that conviction seems to make the pitch a little bit better and also feel a little bit better and add to confidence, which feeds the next pitch. Man, life, baseball, very, very challenging mentally and kind of intriguing. I loved it when Giolito was talking about that before the break, um, and he did so with, uh, with James Fegan on The Athletic. He was talking about how that conviction, it means something. I don't know what it means. Maybe it means uh, the pitch carries a little better. I don't know. But he knows it means something, knows that conviction means something. That dude threw 63 fastballs last night out of 107 pitches for a complete game. That is a very low number for a complete game. And he was pitching, hitting his spots all over the strike zone with the fastball. Threw 20 change-ups, also threw 18 sliders. He's not a two-pitch guy. Can't be a two-pitch guy anymore. And he knows it. The slider, the change, few curveballs mixed in as well. He's never been a control machine, but he has to be more so now. Especially with the fastball and the change, he's got to be more uh, controlled. And, man, he was spotting that fastball anywhere he wanted to. And there is nothing better than a well-placed fastball in baseball because it's just so fast. (laughs) And it's such a short time for hitters to react that as long as you don't give them meatballs with that thing, they'll probably give you soft, weak-ass contact. They will. And then they'll be waiting for it, and your change-ups and sliders can mess up their eye level, mess up their timing. And Giolito had 17 Swinging strikes last night. I think he had 22 in the start before the All-Star break. Very, very good to see Giolito be that good. And a 10-to-1 win. A 10-to-1 win over the Astros. That best offense in baseball has got to feel good. All those home runs. Anderson with a homer. Collins with a homer. Abreu with a homer. And then the best moment of the night is Jake Berger's first career home run. 456 feet with not a lot of uh, swinging effort, it looks like. He's got some easy power and makes some hard, hard contact. That has always sounded really good. And good for him. The joy on his face, man. And I'm glad they didn't do the thing where they, I forget what it's called, where they kind of blow you off. They pay you no mind in the dugout and they make you make you uh, think that they don't care. And then they explode. Do the teammates for that first home run. They didn't bother to do that with Berger. Such such a happy moment and a happy guy. Uh, Berger, after the game, was was talking about it. Uh, He said he was floating around the bases after that first big league home run. It was it was really special, you know, Um to do it, do it at home and, and my family coming up for this weekend and a lot of friends from St. Louis, like it, it was special. It was, it was a cool moment. I was flo- floating around those bases for sure. That's pretty cool. Um, and, and, you know, Berger's such a great story. There's so many good stories on the White Sox. And I, I don't think you get to five on the list of good stories without getting to Berger. I mean, at least right now. I mean, blew out the Achilles and then blew out the same Achilles, and then all those other leg injuries, and thought about quitting, and the family talked him into not quitting, and just how hard he worked, how hard he has battled, how he didn't really believe that he could be a big leaguer again until this year in Charlotte in those first 83 games. 
And now he's been called up, and he had, what, three multi-hit games out of his first several starts? And now just, you know, playing well, seemingly sticking on a roster this good? We'll see what happens when Eloy comes back. I don't know who the casualty is going to be. I mean, Berger is certainly in danger, as is Gavin Sheets. Oh, Gavin Sheets homered yesterday, too, by the way. But Berger is such a good story. Um, listen to him talking about how he was in the cage and he was talking with Danny Mendick uh, before yesterday's game. Me and Danny Mendick actually had a conversation in the cage yesterday. Um, and he's like, aren't you glad you didn't quit? And I'm like, yeah, isn't that the truth? You know, looking back at that whole, the, just the whole three years and, you know, the multiple times I, I said I wanted to quit. And, you know, it's just, uh, it, 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 there's no words that can describe what I'm feeling. And, you know, it's, uh, it's cool that, that my family and friends were behind me the entire time and, and the White Sox, um, you know, Chris Getz and Rick Hahn and all these guys that put a lot of faith in me. You know, it's, it's cool to repay, repay that trust. That's really cool. So Jake Berger with his first career homer and uh, in the big leagues, and he's always got that. No matter what. No matter what. And, and Fox did a nice job focusing on the kid who ended up with the ball and then um, – White Sox security came and grabbed the kid. Uh, that doesn't sound good. They didn't grab the kid, okay? They came and escorted the kid and his parents uh, towards the Sox uh, clubhouse to have a moment with Berger and give him the ball and get something back juicy in exchange, uh, one, one assumes. And uh, it, just a very, very cool moment. 312-644-6767. Want to know how you're feeling, White Sox fans? We will talk about the Lance Lynn extension in great detail a little bit later on in the show. I have a lot to think about, a lot to share with you and talk about and discuss regarding that. The short answer on Lance Lynn is there's no way the White Sox could have let that guy leave town. When you see him come here, be this good, this solid, as he has been for several years in a row, have stuff like that that you know is going to age pretty well. Have him love it here as much as he does. Have the fans enjoy him as much as they do. And have the opportunity to sign him, you know, for so much more of an affordable rate than they would ever get Carlos Rodon at this time. Rodon is going to go get paid somewhere very, very large. Good for him. And the White Sox are, are, are not going to be, I don't think, large players in that free agent conversation. But Lynn, at those prices, are you kidding me? That's a phenomenal rate, especially when you add in this year at 10 mil. So think about it that way. Three years at 48 mil and Dane Dunning for a top of the rotation pitcher and Lance Lynn? Come on. That is a bargain these days in Major League Baseball. It is. No matter how good Dunning ends up being. In the middle of your window to get a guy like Lance Lynn for three years at 48 mil? Come, worth it. So worth it. And such a good trade, good signing, in my opinion. But we'll talk about it more in detail a little bit later on. Uh, let's talk Cubs when we come back. And the self-proclaimed leader... <laughs> has a great game offensively. And we have a little bit of fallout, a little bit of fallout, a little follow-up. And I should say more follow-up than fallout on that situation with the Cubs. And we'll talk about the Jock Peterson trade and what it all means as well. Just getting rolling on Hit and Run here on 670 The Score. I'm Spiegel. You are you. Have a glorious Sunday morning. Spend it with me. Let's hang out and talk baseball. Lots to discuss on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Contreras drives one in the air down the line and left in the corner. And that ball is going to be a fair ball. It's going to be a two-run home run. Right down the line and left. The Cubs have taken a 4-2 lead here in the ninth inning. A towering drive. We had to wait. And it took a while, but the the high towering drive, just fair in the seats and left. And the Cubs lead 4-2. Incredible. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of... Uh... There's a lot of things that, that I would like to say, but I'd rather keep it to myself than, than say it, so that's it. That's Wilson Contreras from last week. He said he'd rather keep it to himself than say it. Um, then later in the week, Contreras tweeted that he would say he likes to say things to your face instead of behind your back, a point of pride that uh, he said to his followers on Twitter. So that's interesting. And we get a little follow-up this morning from Patrick Mooney over at The Athletic about Contreras and the leadership and the conversations with the Cubs and such. But first, about that highlight, which came to you courtesy of 670 The Score, the great Pat Hughes on the call. Um, Boy, it's, it's, it's hard and it's unfortunate and it's wrong that broadcasters are still not able to get on the road. And that's Pat and the entire Cubs crew broadcasting from here as that game is in Arizona. And what you heard as the audio dropped in and out um, was the Arizona feed. The Arizona feed dropped in and out. And the same thing was happening uh, on Marquee yesterday as that feed was dropping in and out. There's nothing you could do. It's just a technical issue at the moment, and it sounds rough. Plus, you got to wait. And because the feed is dropping in and out, you couldn't really see it. And because it's radio, Pat's not going to tell you. He's just going to do the very best he can, which he does. And uh, just, it's just such an awkward situation. We covered it a lot. We have at, at Parkins and Spiegel during the week. I've been very passionate about it for several weeks. And um, Jason Benetti was passionate about it uh, this past week, and that made the rounds a little bit. And I just... I. I Something needs to happen. It's, I, I want it to happen from the MLB level. Um, let you know behind the scenes that we at Parkinson Spiegel have been reaching out to MLB executives, the guys in charge of broadcast, to see if they would indeed uh, mandate that players and teams travel, that broadcast teams travel. But they're not really responding. So it's kind of haphazard. I will say... That uh, Cubs radio is hitting the road, going to St. Louis this week. Very, very cool. So Cubs Cardinals, uh, our broadcast crew will be live there and will sound great 
on 670, the score, uh, no doubt. So there is Wilson Contreras with the two-run bomb to cap off an improbable and crazy ninth-inning comeback. And it is Matt Spiegel here with you on Hit and Run on 670, the score. So, yeah, you're down to your last out. And because of the state of things, it's Rafael Ortega. Double to the corner. Good for him. Time for a pinch hitter for David Ross. He looks down. Hmm. Let's go with Robinson Chirinos. <laughs> guy who made his Cubs debut a couple weeks ago. Veteran catcher. Scrap heap guy. Very solid major leaguer for a lot of years. Comes up. Nice piece of hitting against Joaquim Soria. RBI single to tie it. And then Contreras with a two-run bomb and a deep blast down the left field line. Was listening to the game and Ron Coomer making the great point the entire inning. You got to go after Soria early. You got to go after him early. Coom has seen Soria a long time for a lot of different teams. And he fires strikes early to get ahead. And then he works on the edges and tries to get you to chase later on. That's just what he does. So eventually... Cubs hitters got wide, got wise, and I think it was like a total of four pitches or five pitches for those three hits to take place in the game to completely turn around. So Craig Kimbrell had to hustle and get ready and then came in and slammed the door. Two straight wins for the Cubs coming out of the All-Star break. Um, and, and Wilson Contreras is really good. It's, it's interesting because without Jock Peterson, we'll talk about that trade in a minute, but without Jock Peterson, who's going to lead off? against righties jock peterson has been leading off for the cubs against righties well the answer yesterday against zach allen was wilson Contreras, because he leads the cubs with a 350 on base percentage he leads the cubs with 38 walks and you know so that was the choice the 350 on base percentage for wilson Contreras. Puts him 47th in all of MLB. That is best on the Cubs. If you're wondering, best on base percentage on the White Sox? That's a quick quiz, Sean. Sean Anderson, White Sox fan, White Sox podcaster. Who is the best uh, on base percentage on the White Sox? You know what? Virgil Trucks. Uh, Yasmani Grandal. It is not either Virgil Trucks or Yasmani Grandal. Yoan Moncada. It's Yoan Moncada at 402. I have a fun uh, Moncada fact for you. Do you know how many home runs he has off a fastball this year? Home runs off a fastball for Moncada. I'll go with zero. Zero. He's got five homers on the year. They're all off off off-speed. Yeah, all off-speed or change-ups. Interesting. I wonder if that is part of the approach in terms of uh, sitting off-speed. But, uh, hey, the 402 on base percentage, that plays been a big part of things has Yoan Moncada offensively best on base percentage in the majors belongs by the way to Vladimir Guerrero at 434 also has the best OPS in baseball second best on base percentage is also I believe the second best OPS it's Max Muncie of the Dodgers now that's the fourth best OPS it's Guerrero Jr. Tatis Jr. and Shohei Otani as your best OPS hitters uh, oh, by the way, did you know Otani pitches too? Did you guys know that? But anyway, off track, back on right here as I monologue with you. We'll take your phone calls at 312-644-6767 to talk Cubs and Sox. But Wilson Contreras in the leadoff hole and plays very well yesterday. Three hits and that monster two-run homer to put it away in the ninth inning. And remember the, what he talked about last week, Contreras did, about effort and calling out some of his other teammates. And remember what I said, if you heard on Parkinson Spiegel, as I talked about and tried to contextualize it. And I said this also on my weekly Thursday hit with Bernstein and Rahimi, Thursdays at 11 o'clock, that Wilson wasn't talking about little bits of effort like running hard to first base or, you know, things like that. He was talking about overall commitment to being great, working at the skills, showing up early or showing up on time, being as healthy and as in shape as you can, prioritizing things. He knows he does that. He knows how hard he works and how hard Baez works, and he referenced that. And there were, there were some wrong things with the way that Wilson did that, and it's a nuanced conversation, and we've had that conversation 
But his overall effort and commitment in that way is unquestionable. And after this game, when asked to talk about Wilson Contreras, who was the best hitter, best player on that team yesterday, in a win, the manager, David Ross, had this to say about Wilson. He's just so calm and comfortable within his approach. I think he's staying true to who he is, even guys making good pitches. Uh, he did a nice job of, of, you know, staying within himself, two singles up the middle, uh, got hit by a pitch, you know, had an opportunity the inning before, the guy in scoring position, backup slider that, you know, the pitcher made pretty good pass at it. And then there, guys given an opportunity for him to step up. I mean, like that's what Wilson's capable of, uh, capable of. I think he, um, you know, we're, 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 you see where he's at. We, we, you know, I put a lot of like, where he's carried a heavy load for us this year. Like when he's fresh and you see off the all-star break, how fresh he is. And it's important for me to, to do a good job of keeping him fresh um, where that, what the at-bats look like. It's really clear. Um, he's grinded for us and me and this team really hard this year. And um, for him to, to get his legs underneath him with the all-star break and, and come through like he has, uh, did tonight. It's just nice to see. I think that's a, it's a capable. That's a type of right-handed hitter. He he's capable of being. He's pretty darn good in the box. Um, interesting to hear David Ross praise the grind and how hard they have worked. How hard he has worked all week or, or all season, I should say. Um, interesting to hear that in the wake of uh, stuff that went on, uh, obviously last week. I mentioned Patrick Mooney following up on the Contreras situation, and Contreras said about the conversation last week, about the Zoom and about everything that happened, quote, we talked about it last week. They understood my point. It's already over. We're just starting from zero. I told my guys, let's start from zero. Let's do it because I believe in this team. I believe in the talent that we have. We're looking forward to competing and competing until the last out like today. When we're competing, we're tough to beat. That's the mindset that I'm trying to create with my teammates. Like I said, I believe in each and every one of my teammates. They are great talents. Having the right mindset of competing and competing until the last out is going to help us a lot. At his Contreras, continuing to stay on the aggressive um, and very vocal path. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's great. As long as you also make sure to say it to your teammates directly. Don't let them hear about it on the back end uh, as they did last week. Chris Bryant was asked about Contreras' comments last week and told Mooney that he disagreed with the premise that the Cubs weren't trying hard enough, as well as Contreras' decision to air that criticism during a video conference. Uh, Bryant said, quote, I just know that anytime I wake up in the morning, baseball's on my mind. The game is on my mind. The pitcher is on my mind. My approach is on my mind. I never go into a game not ready to play. I take this very seriously. I'm super hard on myself. Just me being myself, I'm always ready to play. And I've never changed the type of player I am. So that's Bryant. And that, that's easy to believe and understand, relate to. And I don't think he was talking about you. <clears throat> right? I don't think uh, Wilson was talking about KB. Because Chris Bryant's focus on winning and his willingness to do absolutely anything and everything that he can do is, is impossible to question. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Lots of your texts coming in on, uh, on this stuff. They're playing the D-bags. Come on. I'm aware of who they're playing. It's not a good team. I'm talking about the game. I'm talking about what happened in the game. <laughs> Uh, shouldn't you expect a ninth inning comeback against a triple A team? Yeah, kind of knew that it was going to be going to be coming along the way. Texter says the Cubs should trade Contreras as well. Yes, he's a good offensive catcher, but he calls a horrible game and he's a terrible framer. Those things aren't true. Um, he, he has improved calling games and he's improved dramatically as a framer. If they could get some good prospects for him, let him go. Well, you could get a lot for Wilson Contreras, and maybe he will be in some trade talks uh, this month. I'm sure it's already come up. Catchers are difficult to come by. There's not many that are available out there. That is for sure. So, 
Jacob Stallings. Jacob Stallings is uh, a catcher who's available for the Pirates. He had a walk-off homer for them yesterday. Stallings a little offensive presence and certainly uh, a lot of defensive presence. But who are they going to deal? Who, who are they going to be able to sell off? Jock Peterson has begun. Tell you what, folks, look in New York. See what happened yesterday? Francisco Lindor onto the injured list with an oblique injury. Lindor, when asked about it, I would love to say I'm day-to-day, but I'm not. It's more like week-to-week, and we'll go from there. The National League East, baby. This is your time, Cubs. Go and get these teams working against each other. You've already got Atlanta into the mix. The Nationals supposedly are going to be aggressive here as well. Um, Atlanta added another guy yesterday, Stephen Vogt. They added the catcher, Stephen Vogt. If you're the Mets, can you afford to just put Luis Guillorme at shortstop? He played the last four innings Friday. He started on Saturday. Is that the guy you want to go with? Or do you want to get going on Trevor Story or Javier Baez as possible trade options? Does this make you more interested if you are the Mets to go out and get Chris Bryant and play him at third. Although J.D. Davis had a couple homers. Uh, it was either yesterday or the day before, and he has returned at third base. So I don't know how aggressive they'll be feeling there. But shortstop, very intriguing for the Mets. And all those teams jumbled together? You bet. That is a ripe trading ground right there. Yeah, man, if the Nationals still believe that they're worthy of buying at 42 and 48, five and a half back, go get them. You know the Phillies will be interested at 45 and 45, two and a half back, especially now the Mets without Lindor. And Jacob deGrom shut down after feeling some forearm tightness. That is never a good sign. Forearm tightness, sometimes a precursor to worst case news about the, um, the ulnar collateral ligament. But I'm just going on some, some history. 312-644-6767. But think about it. Mets will be aggressive. Phillies will be aggressive. Braves already showing you that they are aggressive. Get on the phone lines. More on the jock trade in a minute. But let's go to the phone lines right now at 312-644-6767. Ben is in Queens and is a Sunday morning staple to hit and run. What did you listen to this morning around the house, Ben? Some quality jazz or or what else? No, I was re-listening to Lawrence Holmes' interview, Jose Abreu, on November 13th, 2020, that I am transcribing in full because I'm going to be writing uh, an article about this dealing with Stephen A. Smith's um, uh, comments about Shohei Otani and the interpreter. I am a nationally certified interpreter. I work here in the finest hospitals in New York. I do a bunch of legal stuff. I also facilitate congressional visits, go to the State Department. And, you know, I wasn't surprised by the mendacity of Stephen A. Smith's um, uh, comments. However... Uh, His thoughts are not completely uh, unwarranted. I am here to tell you that in all the industries in North America, baseball has the worst interpreting. Nine times out of ten, especially with the Spanish, they get an ex-ball player who's not an interpreter, who has no training. I remember watching Hank White, Henry Blanco, uh, butcher, butcher questions and butcher answers, and, and it's a disservice to the players. Now, I have two examples, one that's deliciously ironic and one that's going to hurt. Okay, the first one. Stephen A. Smith, he gets your comeuppance because guess who the MVP All-Star is? It's Vlad Guerrero, and he's there with his interpreter at the end of the game. And what happens? The reporter spoon-feeds him the question. You know, you uh, are the youngest uh, AL MVP, and you hit the 200th home run. How does it feel? And I'm, I'm boiling it down. He said, uh, I want to thank God. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my teammates. And here he goes. He says, and I want to thank all the people who voted for me, which is a really important message that MLB wants to get out there. The interpreter, he butchers it. He gets the sequence wrong over the first. And then he says, yes, uh, I want to thank God. I want to thank my family. I want to thank my teammates. 
and it was great. Okay, so that message didn't get out there. Now, the mm. second example, the interview on November 13th, I'm here to tell you that Billy Russo's renderings, some of his renderings of what Jose Abreu said, are nothing short of criminal. They, mm. He perpetuated fraud on the listenership of the score 670. I have the transcript. I have fully transcribed it. I have sent it to my peers for wow. peer review. I've had a couple experts look at it. They were appalled. And I, I, if you want, I will send you I will send you the full transcript before I publish the article, and I'll send it to Loho as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm available to talk about this, but I am telling you, I am telling you, Billy Russo, Billy Russo should not have a job. And if you guys are depending, because I hear, I, I hear you guys all the time say, oh, man, I wish I spoke Spanish more. I could talk to these players. I wish you could do this. I wish you yeah. could too, man, because if you actually heard what Jose Obreu said, I'm telling you, I'll send you the transcript. There's a couple where, yeah, he kind of lands the plane after a while. And you know what? This happens. You get nervous. You're not organized. He obviously wasn't taking notes because if you were taking notes, that wouldn't have happened. Anyway, I could talk about this all day, but I'm going to publish the article, and then I'll send it to you. And then, you know, you can either touch it or you can leave it alone or do whatever you want. I love you. I'd rather talk about the Cubs' dead cat bounce, but now is not the time. Please take care. Have fun. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Um, I have heard that about Billy Russo before. I do not know. Ben purports to know. I'll be interested to read the transcript. Um, It is, of course, um, more beneficial when a guy can express himself as beautifully and clearly as possible. That is why Otani uses an interpreter, by the way, is because Shohei Otani, he can speak English and does with his teammates and with his all-star teammates. You know, you see he and Fernando Tatis, he and Juan Soto in the midst of their home run derby battle, you know, going, going at each other and talking to each other and giving each other crap. In English, that's the commonality. But when it comes to answering a long-form question, really wants to be understood and, uh, and heard. But I'll tell you what, that is really interesting stuff, Ben, and worthwhile And there's a lot that most of us do not catch and just assume that every interpreter is doing a great job. And of course, some people are better at their jobs than others, as is human nature. And that's got to be a crazy difficult thing to do all that on the fly. And I agree that taking notes would be uh, really probably a very good thing. I I will take you up on that for conversation later on. In the year, Ben, send me the transcript and we will uh, certainly check that out and discuss it. 312 644 is the number. Top of the hour, long thoughts for you on the Lance Lynn extension. And you'll hear from Lance and Tony LaRussa talking about that and what that means for the White Sox big picture. But when we come back, Jock Peterson traded. What does it say? How did it go down? And oh, by the way, did you see Jock had a good night? That's next on Hit and Run on the score. Now Jock Peterson will try to chase him home. Jock is 0 for 2 tonight. He unloads. That's headed for the Braves bullpen. Welcome to Atlanta, Jock Peterson. That's Jock Peterson with Chip Carey on the call. Two hits, a home run, and a leadoff spot for Jock Peterson right fielder leadoff hitter who said to the Atlanta Braves media quote if you would have asked me the whole offseason I'd have probably said I was signing with the Braves it was close enough that we were looking at houses for spring training and in Atlanta but the Braves signed Marcelo Zuna to a four-year 65 million dollar deal Ozuna Uh, fractured two fingers and was arrested on domestic violence charges in May. And now with Ronald Acuna Jr. out after a season-ending knee injury, the Braves scrapping and struggling trade for Jock Peterson and put him in right field and lead off, and he has two hits and a home run last night. And imagine that if if you're David Ross. If you're David Ross and you spend the offseason at least part of the offseason, trying to sell Jock Peterson on coming here. Tell him, telling him what kind of player you think he is, how you won't use him as just a straight platoon guy. You'll give him a chance to learn to hit lefties. You believe in him, and you get him, and then Jock has that great spring. Great, great spring. Then he starts out terribly, and you got to pause. 
You have to you have to look at Jock's terrible start and throw him onto the injured list. And he spends time on the injured list, comes back, and there's 38 games since then with an OPS near 900. And David Ross helped make that happen. It's the manager's job to give guys the slap and tickle, to motivate, to uh, chastise, to try to get everything you can out of them. And Ross and Jock had a nice time together. You work hard to get the most out of a guy. You balance the love, the discipline, balance the restraint. And now you get a call on Thursday morning from Jed Hoyer who tells you, David Ross, yeah, probably going to trade Jock Peterson. So I want you to uh, prepare to have life without that and be prepared to have a conversation with him if it goes down as well. Oh, man. Okay. I don't know if you guys thought Jock was definitely going. I hadn't talked much about him. I hadn't thought much about him in terms of trade targets, but it makes all the sense in the world. It ends up being a sign-in flip, the kind of thing that the Cubs tried to do a lot in those first three years when they weren't prioritizing winning on the big league level. Remember Paul Mahalam or Scott Feldman? The sign-in flips, and that's what Jock Peterson ends up being. This is a tease of what's to come. How it will feel to David Ross, how it will feel to some of you, the Cub fans, as the games go on, the attempts to win go on, and you have to go out there and battle and do your job shorthanded and send up Robinson Chirinos to pinch hit against a righty in a big moment. Hey, maybe Chirinos will succeed like he did yesterday, but it's a little tease on what to come. And here is Bryce Ball, the 23-year-old, enormous, left-handed, power-hitting first baseman who is intriguing. The way that gigantic left-handed, power-hitting first baseman can be intriguing. It's hard to imagine him having the athleticism and the soft hands to play a great first base. It's hard to imagine him being any sort of complete hitter. And he has stepped backwards this year instead of forwards in terms of his development after entering the year as the number 12 prospect on the Braves and uh, big things being thought of for him down there in Atlanta. He has regressed a little bit, but that is a grab for the Cubs. That is a sign of things to come. Prospects with possibilities. High ceiling guys, as opposed to high floor guys with low ceilings. I'd rather go that way. Give me the guy who may be a 45 or 50 homer dude. And give me that guy who can possibly be a breakout and be like, holy hell, how'd they get that guy for Jock Peterson? Really? That's the position you want to be in. It is a bit of a gamble that the designated hitter will be coming to the National League. And just about everybody thinks that it will be as part of the new co- the collective bargaining agreement that will be hammered out this coming offseason. And, of course, he could be a first baseman in the wake of uh, Anthony Rizzo either staying or leaving. But this is the kind of thing you got to get ready for. And we'll see what happens between now and the end of the month. I will be shocked if Andrew Chafin is not traded. I'll be very surprised if Chris Bryant is not traded because his re-signability has been in doubt for years. He is going to hit free agency. And at that point, it's, you know, could the Cubs be the top bidder? Sure. Is it only about money and bidding for Chris Bryant? I don't think so. Is the happiness, comfort, desire to continue here as great as it would have been for Chris Bryant three, four years ago? I don't think so. The comp pick that you'll get probably after the second round because of market size, I don't think is comparable to what you can get in trade for Chris Bryant. Now, I don't know that you'll get a big-time top 100 prospect. We were debating this the other day in the afternoon. You could. Depends what, um, how big the package is going to be that you get. How many players? The fewer players in the package, the better that top prospect might be. It also depends on how much money the team taking them on eats. 100%. 100%. Those are the two factors. We were looking at the Nick Castellanos deal for two mm, mid-range Cubs prospects a few years ago as a straight rental. 
We looked at the Manny Machado deal from Oakland, from Baltimore to the Dodgers for a five-pack of prospects led by Yusniel Diaz, who I think was number 82 on MLB Pipeline's Top 100 at the time. But uh, Andrew Friedman knew what he was doing with those five prospects. None of them were Dustin May or Gavin Lux or Julio Arias or, hell, Zach McKinstry or any of those guys. It's a five-pack of people you've never heard of because that's what the good GMs do. But keep an eye on San Francisco. Keep an eye on San Francisco. Keep an eye on their catcher, who's now in the big leagues with them, Joey Bart, their number two prospect. They've got a number one prospect who's much younger, a toolsy outfielder, who I don't think is going to get included in trade. But I'm intrigued by Joey Bart, in part because he's not a Farhan Zaidi pick. He was a pick from Brian Sabian. So there have been rumors that Farhan doesn't love him. That's the current Giants general manager. And with Buster Posey's resurgence, do you really need an everyday catcher for the next couple of years? Or do you just need somebody to be a uh, defensive number two? And they've got a guy like that who's hurt right now. And they also have a young defensive catcher named Chadwick Trump. Uh, Kasali, I believe, is the is the the defensive backup catcher who's hurt right now, and that's why Bart is up. But keep an eye out there at San Francisco and Joey Bart. Just a hunch. Hit and run is where you are in six seventy. The score. Um, I think Javi Baez will rue the day he did not sign for one hundred eighty million dollars, as Buster only reported that offer coming prior to the twenty twenty season. Will Anthony Rizzo rue the day he didn't sign for five years and seventy million this spring? with the back, the way it has uh, become bulky twice, with the lack of offensive production to the level that you'd hope and expect for Rizzo. Five and 70. I think he'll do a little bit better than that, but not much better. He wants Paul Goldschmidt money, five years and 130. That is not going to happen for Anthony Rizzo. Interesting times as they roll on here on Hit and Run. In an hour, we're going to talk to a guy who was traded on the 31st of July one year, who was a starting pitcher for the White Sox, a reliever for the Cubs, a quarterback at the University of Michigan, and was at the alternate site last year for the White Sox, along with several players that you are seeing now on the big league roster. Lots to talk about with Clayton Richard in one hour. Andy McCullough at 11.30 about Tony La Russa. But next, we'll come back and talk about the Lance Lynn extension and what it means. And all the while, the phone lines are open for you at 312-644-6767. It is hit and run on the score with me, Spiegel. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 